0: Hey Trinity Life, we are finishing out our Light Night series today by talking about the Sword of the Spirit. And uh, no, Mom and Dad, I did not get my hair cut yet. It's just in a bun in the back. I don't know if that's worse or better for you, <laughs> but I will soon. I will soon. I promise. I promise you and Missy and the girls that I will get it cut soon. <laughs> so we are we're gonna jump into this this sermon today, and. Uh yeah, there's three words that we've been trying to remember, trying to frame this thing with throughout, and uh, those words are awareness, abundance, and authority. Awareness, abundance, and authority. They correspond to your identity in Christ, your destiny in Christ, so that we can influence our city and the world. And, uh, and so awareness here, let's, let's start here in verse 17 as it corresponds to your identity. Uh, so the second part of verse 17, 17b is where we're going to start. And it says, and the sword of the spirit after the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Okay, we're just going to stop there for a second because it, it tells us exactly what the sword of the spirit is. It is the word of God. Of God. That's the sword of the Spirit. So remember, we talked about the belt of truth before, right? And uh, you're like, well, I thought that was the Word of God. So they're both the Word of God. Well, well, where do you hold your sword? Where does the sword stay? Where does the sword get pulled from? Well, it gets pulled from the belt. So there is definitely overlap there. Uh, the belt of truth is, is the Word of God and the sword of the Spirit. Is also the, the word of God because they're both truth, right? So um, you keep the sword in your belt, and then you pull it out of that truth, and, and then you use it. It's an offensive weapon and also a defensive one. So uh, with the girls, with my girls, who Emerson and Reagan, who um, are uh, twelve and almost eleven now, uh, they uh, we just kind of went through a Star Wars phase. They never really liked Star Wars. They're girls. Um, And, you know, kind of like a typical girl who never really interested in Star Wars. So I remember when I was like four years old and Star Wars was was out, I, I definitely wanted to see when I was four, right? And... Definitely too young, <laughs> but but saw it, loved it, grew up on it. But not one of the huge Star Wars fans. I'm not a huge Star Wars nerd, um, but I like him. And then our girls kind of wanted, they got intrigued by them. And it was all due to Baby Yoda um, or Grogu, whatever his name is. And so Reagan loves that that little character. And then they wanted to watch all the other Star Wars movies. So kind of went through this phase or not this phase. We watched all of them and watched all the Star Wars movies and talked about them. And uh, they, they all kind of, they fell in love, and it was fun to be a kid with them. Um, but think about a Jedi, a Jedi master. And if you haven't seen Star Wars, you may not get this illustration, but shame on you. Uh, <laughs> you should go watch Star Wars, uh, but you, you'll get it, okay. A Jedi, part of his identity, or her identity, is their lightsaber. It like hangs on, on their belt. And when they fire that lightsaber up, it immediately demands respect and authority, right? Like, when they see it on the belt, it's like, oh man, that's bad. But then when you fire a lightsaber up, when it, like, combusts and ignites, like, you don't wanna mess with that, right? Like, you immediately recognize the authority, the power of the Jedi, of the Jedi Master. And, and they carry it with them all the time, guys. It's, it's, like, it's like they're naked if they don't have it. So whenever you see like a fight scene in Star Wars and they lose their lightsaber, it's like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Well, I'm just going to use the Force and, and get it back. But uh, there's also instances where, where they lose, it, it falls into a pit or something like that, right? And, and in doing so, they're losing a piece of who they are. They're losing a piece of their identity as a Jedi Master. It, it's the weapon of a Jedi, and even a, a certain color lightsaber distinguishes who you are, too. It's part of your identity, too. So, uh, you know, whether it's red or blue or red or green, you know, it, it determines which side of the force you're on. Uh, and then you have, like, uh, Samuel L. Jackson, uh, who has, what's his name? Windu, Mace Windu, something like that, who has the purple one. Or Rey in the new Star Wars, she ends with a yellow one. Um, And so there's, there's, um, there's different colored lightsabers that indicate different things too, where you see like the fancy one with that one guy with the spikes on his face with the dual lightsabers, um, like bow almost. So um, it says a lot about you and a Jedi would never walk around, a Jedi would never walk around without his lightsaber. They always want it on them. And... And so if the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God, we should have it on us and with us at all times. But how many of you guys are actually walking around without the Word of God? You may have all the other pieces of the armor, except that. Actually, I'd I'd argue it's hard to have all the other pieces of armor without that. They all go together. You actually can't really have one without all the others, right? They're all interconnected. Salvation and faith, truth, and the sword of the spirit, the the breastplate of righteousness and the gospel of peace, right? They're all interconnected. And so when he says take out the fold or whole armor of God, you really can't piecemeal it. You can't pick and choose. It's kind of like you take it all up or you don't take any of it up. And so how many of you are walking around without the sword of the spirit? Without the lightsaber? Without the word of God? Which means how many of you have lost part of your identity in Christ? Right? If that thing represents a piece of who you are, your identity, and you don't carry it around with you, then you've lost it. And you've lost some of your identity the other thing is a jedi isn't automatically proficient in wielding a lightsaber right they 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 need to train it takes discipline it takes hard work it's laborious it's a lot of hours it's a lot of dedication it's a lot of time spent Uh, running through the forest or jumping off things or, I don't know, using your lightsaber to to block those little lasers that come at you. Um, uh, It's just a lot of time and discipline it takes to wield that thing properly. So just because you have your Bible on your phone or you have it on your nightstand or you have it in your glove compartment or you have it in your desk drawer at work, doesn't mean you know how to wield it. And it doesn't mean you ever, even after, you even actually ever use it. It's just there. And so, so many of us as followers of Jesus or as Christians or as believers, there's, you have Bibles. They're sitting around somewhere. But are you using it? Do you know how to properly handle it? Can you wield that sort of spirit? And so many of us claim to be a Jedi, but don't know how to wield our lightsaber. So many of us claim to be a Christian, but don't know how to properly handle the word of truth, the word of God. And so this piece is very important for us. It's highly significant because... We need to be able to wield it, and guys, we're gonna, well, we're gonna transition later into this. I'm not just talking about this physical word of God that you got to carry around you at all times. Okay, that's a part of it, right? There's there's a part of the physical word of God, but I'm talking about the spoken word of God here. We're gonna get to in a minute, and it's so important for us. I mean, do you struggle with certain sins? Over and over and over again? Well, the Word of God has to be stored up in your heart that you might not sin against Him. Do you struggle with believing the lies of the enemy? Well, learning how to properly handle the Word of truth will secure you in your identity in Christ so you're able to discern a lie from the truth. Do you struggle to experience the abundant life, this abundant life that Jesus came to give us? Do you struggle to experience that on a day-to-day basis? Well, the Word of God is perfect, reviving the soul and rejoicing the heart. Guys, everything that I just said to you is from the Scriptures. Psalm 19, Psalm 119, 2 Timothy, These are all from the scriptures. It's all your arsenal against the enemy. It's how you parry the attacks of the enemy. The word of God, the sword of the spirit, is your lightsaber fired up. And when that thing gets fired up, the enemy has to respect its authority. It has to respect your authority. It has to respect the authority of Christ that's in you. Because the enemy... Has to flee because he knows whose you are. That's your identity in Christ. And so this is a major part. The Word of God is a major part of who we are. It shapes us, it forms us. You know, Romans 12 says, Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Renewing of your mind, not ruining, renewing of your mind. How does that happen? Through the Word of God, through hearing God's voice and obeying. And so here he says in verse 18, Praying at all times, in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for the saints. So we're, we've been talking about a physical Bible here as the Word of God. Uh, you know, your app on your phone would be included in that. But more broadly, we're talking about hearing the voice of God. We're talking about hearing and obeying. We're talking about discipleship. We're talking about how do we hear God's voice and how do we walk forward in obedience? All right, we're talking about the the spoken word of God. We're talking about the written word of God. We're talking about the word of God made flesh in Christ Jesus. And so, when he when when Paul writes here that it's the word of God, it encompasses all those things. So we have Jesus, the word made flesh. We have the word of God here in this, in this book, and we have the word of God spoken, right? That's spoken to us. Because we're talking about R3. We're talking about hearing and obeying. We're talking about discipleship. We're talking about sharing your faith. We're talking about being ministers of reconciliation. We're talking about being ambassadors for Christ. We're talking about becoming more and more like Jesus. This is; Those are all things that R3 is designed to help you do, to help you become. To help you work out your salvation with fear and trembling. To help you put on the full armor of God, properly wielding the sword of the Spirit. And in John 1, it says that Jesus is the Word made flesh. And and check this out. Okay, I I just got to read this to you. This This is Revelation 19. And then Revelation 19 talks about Jesus like this. It says, John writing, so John... Is right. John 1, same author, is writing this book. In Revelation, he says in verse 11 and chapter 19, Then I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And the one sitting on it is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire, on his head are many diadems. And he, and he has a name written that no one knows but himself. Guys, just picture that that image of Christ. On a white horse, faithful and true, eyes are like flames of fire. On his head is a crown. Many crowns, many diadems. He is clothed, in verse 13, in a robe dipped in blood. And the name by which he is called is the Word of God. The name by which he is called is the Word of God. And the armies of heaven, arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, following him on white horses. And f- verse 15: from his mouth, out of his mouth comes a sharp sword. With which to strike down the nations, he will rule them with a rod of iron. So the enemy's fleeing. The enemy recognizes his authority. The sharp sword comes out of his mouth. And then on his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. What an amazing picture. What I love about this is the sword of the spirit comes out of his mouth. And so we kind of picture us holding the sword like this, and I've been doing that, but really the sword of the Spirit is coming out of here. James talks about this in James chapter two, I think it is, two or three. He talks about, um, you know, using your tongue to curse and using your tongue to bless and how uh, bitter water can not come out of a, a spring can produce both bitter and pure water, right? And and so coming out of your heart here. So this is, if the sword is coming out of our mouth, it represents what is in our heart and coming out. right? And And that's the sword of the spirit that Jesus has. And he's causing the enemy to flee by it. And so the word of God is not just something you read. It is something you read. It's not just something you store up, although it is something you store up but it overflows out of your mouth as you speak. If it is in there, if it's stored up in your heart, if it's hidden in your heart, if you are consuming the word of God, it will come out of your mouth. You will be a fragrance and an aroma that's pleasing to God and for others to to, uh, to see and to hear and and to smell and be a part of. And so he says that... We have to pray at all times. So, at all times, in the Spirit. So we have to pray in the Spirit. So, does that mean you can perform the act of prayer without the Spirit? And apparently, yes. That's definitely not what we want. I mean, just think about the things that you pray for, the things that, or your times of prayer with God. Um, Maybe you had times of angry, where you're just angry, or you were, maybe you were in sinning as you're trying to talk to God, right? Um, Were you in the spirit then, right? And so he says we need to pray in the spirit, and we need to do this with all perseverance. Guys, in this one short verse, verse 18, prayer and petition, supplication, are mentioned four times. Just in this one verse. Prayer, supplication, supplication, supplication. Praying, prayer. It's mentioned four times in here. That's how important prayer is. That's how important petition is and supplication is and, and going to God is. It's Jesus saying, Uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. You will receive. It will be given to you. But you have to persevere in it. Guys, so often, we give up too easily in prayer. We don't persevere through prayer. So often, we just stop asking, we just stop seeking, we stop knocking, and we don't persevere, we don't endure in prayer. And so one of my rules of thumb in prayer uh, is to pray until it happens, or until my will is aligned with God's will, okay? Because I may be praying for the wrong thing, and so that means God needs to align my will with his will. But if I'm praying according to the will of God, uh, 1 John says, he will give me what I ask for. So if he's not doing that, it means my will and his will are off. That's one of the purposes of prayer, to align our will with God's will. But it, and if that's the case, pray, ask, seek, knock until it happens, because it is the will of God. And how do you know that? Well, you have to persevere. You have to persevere through prayer to actually discover if you're in line with his will or not. Commit your way to the Lord, Psalm 37, trust in him, and he will act. But we have to pray in the spirit. Sometimes we give up far too easily and we just end up becoming dissatisfied or resentful because we didn't get the thing that we wanted or because we just resent God for not giving it to us you know, or giving us anything or we think he said no. Um, but God may have said yes, but we just didn't persevere. We weren't as as Jesus says in the, in the parable, we weren't impudent enough. Right? We weren't persistent enough either. And so we have to do this in the power of the Holy Spirit. And then... Uh, and, and guys, that just speaks to our abundance in in Christ. Now we can ask and receive, that we can seek, that we can knock, and those doors be opened. And so this last section here speaks to our authority. Like if we can prayer the word of God, if we can pair the word of God with prayer. And we're we're gonna influence our city and the world. There's so much authority in that because we are actually in the spirit. And so Paul says, pray for me also, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth. Right? Like the sword of the spirit has to come out of our mouth to boldly, or sorry, opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. For for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly. Too boldly is there. He needs boldness to open his mouth. He needs boldness to speak, as he ought. Paul's in chains a lot, huh? Second Timothy, he was in chains. Ephesians, here he's in, he's in chains. Um, this is what I'm talking about with the the suffering of of the sufferings of Christ that we share in. And even then, Paul says. Pray for me. Because sometimes it's hard for me to open my mouth. Sometimes it's hard for me to share. Sometimes it's going to put me in prison. And so I need you to continue to pray that I would boldly open my mouth. And then even then, sometimes I don't say the right things. Sometimes I don't say what I should say. And so I need you to pray for me that I would declare the mystery of the gospel boldly and speak as I ought to speak. Guys, that's just a tremendous prayer. And the sword of the Spirit, like I said, is held in the belt of truth. And so... If we are speaking in the Spirit, whether it's in prayer or in sharing our faith, um, it has to look like truth. It ha- sorry, it has to be truth if it is the sword of the Spirit. If it's not truth, it's something else from somewhere else, from someone else. But it is our duty, it is our privilege, it is our responsibility to open our mouths Boldly to declare truth boldly with the sword of the Spirit. And we need to have the word of God consumed, read, stored up in our hearts in order to do that. And so I want to end with just a little exercise for us. I'm going to read this Revelation passage again out of chapter 19. And I want you to picture Jesus so just to, this is going to be a little spiritual direction, and then I'm going, to pray. I'm going to pray for us to close. So again, just however you need to imagine something, eyes open, eyes closed, standing up, sitting down, kneeling down, however you need to do that. You have the freedom to choose, and let's, uh, let's do that right now. So picture Jesus. Heaven is opening. There's a white horse. And the one sitting on it is called faithful and true. Whatever faithfulness and truth looks like, picture that. In righteousness. His eyes are like a flame of fire. He's wearing many crowns on his head. Because he's the king of kings and the lord of lords. His robe is dipped in blood and his name is the word of God. He has a sharp sword coming out of his mouth. And on his robe and on his thigh is written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Now picture Jesus, that Jesus, coming out of your mouth. This is the word of God. And so when you speak, you speak Jesus. Imagine how much your life would change if you spoke Jesus all the time. And Jesus Christ of Nazareth on this white horse, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, came out of your mouth in every circumstance in every instance my life will be completely different in a lot of ways and so may that image just just be burned into your memory because we want the victorious rider on the white horse coming out of our mouth to declare victory in other people's lives. To declare that there's no need for conflict anymore. That the kingdom of peace is here. That you can have righteousness. You don't have to strive anymore. You can have righteousness. His righteousness. That he is faithful and true and he will never give up on you. That his presence changes everything. That's the word of God. That's your lightsaber. That's what we have right here. Jesus is waiting to change your life. Jesus is waiting to transform your heart. Jesus is waiting to give you the abundant life. And it starts here, guys. It starts in this truth, this word. And it will transform you today if you let it. Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you that you are so faithful that you left everything you ever knew and you gave yourself up for us to take on flesh, to be what we could never be. To be what we were supposed to be. To be what we were created to be. And thank you for making the way possible for us to be that. And so use us. Open our mouths boldly that we would proclaim boldly your truth. Because it's the truth that sets people free. We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen.